Welcome to the Texas Values Report. My name is Nicole Hudgens. I'm sitting in for Jonathan Sines. And if you haven't heard of our organization, Texas Values, we are the largest statewide organization focusing on faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. We are officed two blocks from the Capitol, and we're on the ground every day during the legislative session. And and in this case, we're on the ground during the special session as well focusing on family values issues. And you've probably heard Jonathan talk a lot about one of the issues we've been working on, the Texas Privacy Act. This is a very important bill uh, that we've been working on. We worked on it during the regular session, and then now we're working on it uh, during this session. And uh, we are happy to report (laughs) that the Senate has passed the Texas Privacy Act out of the Senate. Senator Lois Kolkhorst is the one who carried the bill. You probably heard last week from Jonathan talk about the committee hearing in state affairs. Uh, many of you who are familiar with the legislative process know that even when a special session starts, you, you have to start from the beginning when it comes to a bill. So the bill has to be filed. It was filed by Senator Lois Kolkhorst. She, uh, they had a hearing in state affairs. The bill was referred to state affairs and they had a hearing. That was an all day hearing. They even cut off signups at noon and they still, uh, the hearing started at nine and went till I, I believe it was around eight, seven, between seven and eight. So it was a pretty long day. Many people testified on both sides of the issues. Uh, I testified. You heard Jonathan Sines testified. There were people like Kaylee Triller who came all the way from Seattle, Washington, who testified. Uh, There were pastors. There were parents. There were students. You probably heard of the story of Shiloh. And and I can tell you personally, little Shiloh is one of the sweetest, most courageous girls you'll ever meet. And she sat in front of that committee hearing, and she explained to them that she, as a young lady, does not want boys going into her gr- into girls' bathrooms. It makes her feel very uncomfortable. And, you know, when we're looking at the Texas privacy issue as a whole, we're, we're talking about schools, we're talking about government buildings, and, and really it's just, it's limited to that. You know, of, if a private business wants to be like Target and allow men into women's fitting rooms and restrooms, uh, and watch their stocks plummet and watch, you know, 1.5 million Americans boycott their stores under this bill by Senator Colcourse. They they can do that. But f- but for Senator Colcourse's bill, uh, she's just talking about public schools and government buildings. And so uh, the hearing went well. The committee voted the bill out and then As you well know, once it's out of committee, it's got to go to the floor. Well, the bill was heard on the floor. It, again, was a very long day. Uh, Senator Colcourse laid out the bill 
at about around 10:30 went all the way late into the day into the to the early evening uh, st- literally stood on the floor that entire time defending the privacy safety and dignity of Texas girls and so we you know we're so thankful for a courageous woman like Senator Colcourse she's an NCAA athlete she uh, I just admire her so much she has so much grace uh, but strength in carrying this issue. And one of one of the other uh, components I, I wanted to be sure and mention that she added to the bill that uh, was a little bit different than what happened in the regular session, she specifically does talk also about athletics in public schools, meaning that a boy can't take a girl's spot on a volleyball team or a basketball team or a track team. And that's important because we're seeing across the nation where incidents like this have happened, where there have been boys who claim to be girls and they're taking spots uh, that should be allotted to girls and, and they're taking them. Um, and really, you know, when you look, you know, the the left likes to talk about Title IX, the Obama administration liked to talk about Title IX. Well, Title IX was actually designed to make sure that girls had the opportunities to do things like play sports. So uh, Senator Colcourse made sure that Texas girls – are going to be able to keep their spots on the volleyball team, the basketball team, the track team, uh, without the fear of, of a boy taking their spot. So a very important bill was laid out. Uh, the Senate voted on it. It passed 21 to 10. Uh, you're going 21 to 10. What, what was the one, Who was the, the Democrat that voted in favor of it? Well, that was Senator Lucio. Um, and Senator Lucio uh, has been a, a strong advocate for pro-life issues and pro-family issues. And, and he uh, made a great speech on the floor talking about how he understands that people have tried to say that this issue of protecting privacy, safety, and dignity in showers, locker rooms, and bathrooms, some have said, well, that's discrimination. And he made a great point and said, you know, I lived during the civil rights movement. I know what it's like to sit in the back of the classroom in the, in the back of the bus. And for me, this issue is about protecting the privacy of everyone. And it's an inclusive bill, making sure that everyone's privacy is protected. So very, very great speech. We're, we're so thankful for Senator Lucio um, and, and what he's done. So 21 to 10, the bill is now out of the Senate. So it has been sent over to the House, and that's where <laughs> the battle has begun. So many of you have heard that, uh, S- that Representative Byron Cook and Speaker Strauss have spoken against this privacy bill. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's sad that we're having to um, fight Republicans on, on this issue. But the good news is, is that the governor specifically has talked about the privacy issue. He added the privacy issue to the call of 19 items in addition to the sunset bill when he made the call for special session. So we know that it's it's a priority for him. We know that it's a priority for the lieutenant governor. Uh, and we know that it's a priority for members. We've already seen that where the Senate has passed it, 21 to 10. And then Representative Ron Simmons had a similar bill to Senator Colcourse. Representative Ron Simmons' bill uh, was a bill that's similar to what he filed in the previous session. And when he filed it in the previous session, folks, there were 80 co-authors. 80. 
Well, if if you don't know, there's 150 members in the House, okay? So in order for a bill to pass, you just need 76 votes and you have the majority. Well, Representative Ron Simmons' bill had 80 co-authors. So just by putting that bill on the floor meant automatically that vote that vote would pass. And so now we've got a similar bill. It's gaining traction again. Uh, last time I checked, it was 43 co-authors. We're still, you know, and, and coming. So, folks, this is – and this is a bill we know we have talked to members and we've talked, most importantly – to Texans. Texans want this bill to be passed. And again, all this bill does is ensure that public schools and government buildings, um, when it comes to multiple occupancy, uh, showers, locker rooms, bathrooms, that you go based on, on what's on, on your birth certificate or, um, or in the case of the Senate's bill, based on what's on your driver's license. At the end of the day, it's a, it's about protecting privacy. It, it also it stops local governments like the city of Houston from passing ordinances that would force businesses to allow men into women's showers, locker rooms, and bathrooms. So again, if Target wants to do what what Target has been doing uh, and lose money, they can do that. But it stops the city of Houston from forcing private businesses who say, hey, we want to protect the privacy, safety, and dignity of our customers. We want to have the freedom to do that. It it protects them. And, you know, a lot of people have made the comments of, you know, what about the economy? Because these big businesses are saying, oh, we, we don't want a bill like this to hurt our economy. Well, Houston is the tried and true case uh, of where of how this all plays out. So you had the mayor of Houston put through an ordinance that allowed men into into women's restrooms, um, forced private businesses to comply. The citizens of Houston got almost three times the amount of signatures needed to have that issue go to a ballot. The mayor intervened. The citizens had to sue the city of Houston, just to have a vote on the issue, folks, just to vote on it. And this is one of the most diverse cities in the nation. Well, finally, when they were able to have a vote, one of the most diverse cities in the nation said, no, we don't want men to go into women's bathrooms. We don't want to force p- private businesses to allow men into women's bathrooms. We, we, don't, we don't want this ordinance that, that the mayor of Houston has pushed through. And let me tell you, about the economic impact. The final four happened soon after that in Houston. And then we had the Super Bowl happen in Houston. So as, as far as we know, the economic, uh, the economic arguments that the other side is trying to make don't really stand at all, especially when you look at Houston, which is an actual case that has happened in the state of Texas on this issue. So really important issue, but I want to switch over. You know, we're, you well know we're working on the privacy issue, but there are some important pro-life bills that have also been um, addressed in, in the legislature and that the governor has made a priority. We, we are so strong pro-life here at Texas Values. We want to make sure that the unborn are protected. And, and one of the great things about being here in Austin uh, and working on these issues is that we get to work with amazing groups like Texas Right to Life. And 
I've got one of my dear friends on the phone, Emily Horn. Emily Horn, I believe you're the policy analyst for for Texas Right to Life. And she is at the Capitol tracking bills, talking to legislators. Um, She is a strong pro-life advocate. They are on the ground working on these issues specifically. And we're so happy to partner with Texas Right to Life and the work that they're doing. Emily, thanks so much for calling in this morning. Hey, Nicole, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, we we want to fill in our uh, listeners in on what's been happening on the pro-life issue. And there have been quite a few bills that have been passed uh, in the Senate. I know one bill passed out of the House. Can you fill us in on, on what's happening on the ground there? Sure. And you definitely gave the short version of it. And that's kind of been the theme is that the Senate has been working very hard and the House is kind of looking around and thinking maybe they should put something on the calendar, maybe. <laughs> so the Senate uh, the Senate actually has passed, I think, all the issues on the call. They sent them over to the House. I guess they adjourned on, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so we'll come back on Friday for a bit, you know, but we're really done with all the items on the call. And yesterday was the first time the House had actually heard anything um, besides the sunset bill and the other 19 issues. And so they had three bills on the on the calendar yesterday and it was just like the first calendar they had had for the special session we're almost two weeks in so we've had four pro-life issues that the governor placed on the call and one of those issues got split into two bills Mm -hmm. and basically so it was like half of an issue that the the house heard yesterday and it was about abortion complication reporting Um, which is something that needs to be addressed it's something that kind of exists like by rule by department rule right now in texas but it's not really law, and so the department could decide to relax or not really enforce those laws. And so this makes it a, a crime to not report those complications. And by doing that, and a couple of other smaller you know, changes, it also allows pregnancy complications to be made separate from abortion complications. We've heard a lot about how um, maternal mortality is really high in Texas, and there's a lot of lack of data, and no one really understands how to take that apart. And this contributes to that because it's not really always clear um, which complications are related to someone's pregnancy and which are related to the after effects of an abortion. That was on the floor yesterday. It passed pretty uh, pretty handily. Um, and then we have four more bills we would like to see on the floor. Um, so uh, we're waiting to see some of them get out of state affairs. Two were voted out yesterday but one has not had a hearing and two are still waiting at state affairs. So we are excited to see some action on that. Right. Right. It, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a little funny last night. I, I saw a video of that someone had put together on the Texas House um, and they put it to the tune of, we are the pirates who don't do anything. <laughs> I saw so, that video. <laughs> some people may be familiar with that that VeggieTales theme song. Um, but no, I I thank you so much, Emily, for filling us in. Um, tell us a little bit, you know, we were actually, we were both in state affairs um, a, couple, a few days ago, and there were some of those bills that, that you were just talking about. Um, one of the bills we we testified on was Representative Smithy's bill. And from what I understand, I think that bill still is in state affairs. I don't think it's been voted out yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, no, that's correct. 
Yeah, and so we have so that's one of the two bills that's still in state affairs. The other one has not a hearing yet. So Representative Smithy's bill called the Pro Life Health Insurance Reform. And this is the bill that should have passed years and years and years ago. And it's almost passed. It's come so close to passing every session. Uh, so the Senate has passed it, I, I think, four times. Wow. Um, the House has come very close to passing it. Essentially, it just says that if you, by law, are required to buy insurance as per Obamacare, it's still not repealed, you should not have to pay for an insurance plan that covers abortion. And a lot of plans in Texas do cover abortion. Hardly any of those plans are disclosed to the, to the person that's buying them. So even as a pro-life citizen, you might just be fulfilling your obligation to buy insurance. You may have no idea that you're paying money that goes into a risk pool that when someone needs an abortion, they take the funds out from that, you know, that, that risk pool that everyone's been paying into. And so pro-life Texans don't want to be subsidizing, you know, what they see as the death of a child. So it's a pretty straightforward bill, uh, and this covers, like, private insurance plans, even if you were to go through your employer, or if you were to go on the exchange, on the federal exchange, and buy, buy a plan. So this just says abortion is not in those default plans. If you want abortion coverage, you have to purchase that separately. That separates that, that funding, that money from people that just want to, you know, buy the insurance plan they have to buy and not subsidize others' abortions. So Representative Smith has been just, an all-star author. I think he's just really ready to see this get to the House floor. It's come so close many times, and so he was, um, he did a great job in the hearing. I was really appreciative that you were up there and testifying. You know, we were all there, and I hope to see that get, get voted out very soon. Yes, I thank you so much for, for filling us in on that, and you know, when I actually, actually when I worked in Congress, I remember when okay. when we had to purchase we actually uh staffers had to get in line and and they had you know this room set up where we had to sign up for it and um you know i remember <laughs> going I, this is not what i asked for but at the same time going look if congress passed this and you know then yes as a congressional staffer i should be you know i should have to <laughs> you know as wrong as Obamacare is, if, if Congress is going to pass something, then Congress should have to, including their staff, should should be involved in having to, to pay for it. Um, well, that's quite a bitter pull of swallow, Nicole. <laughs> oh, it was very bitter. <laughs> it was very bitter. But um, I remember the, the process was confusing, and we, we had, you know, a, health staffers that were healthcare experts, and it took them, you know, a few days to figure out because, you know, those in our office, we worked for a very pro-life member and we said, look, we we don't none of us want to pay for insurance that would cover abortions because we believe life begins inside the womb and must be protected. So it took it took them um, a few days to figure out which plans did and which plans didn't cover abortions. And that's somebody that is, you know, dealing with federal health care policy on a daily basis. Not every mm-hmm. Texan has that luxury of, of knowing somebody that can oh, absolutely. dig through yeah. plans like that. On top of that, um, I was reading in Obamacare, the only time that insurance companies can disclose this information is at during the enrollment period. And it's in very fine print. So, I mean, most Texans, unless you're looking for it, at a very specific time, 
you're not going to know. So I I think that's why um, Representative Smithy's bill is so important. And, um, you know, can you give us just a quick brief overview on some of the bills uh, that passed in the Senate? Just specifically sure. that we need yeah. to be looking so out for in the House. About, yeah, so we've talked about two of them. And so we had three more come over for the, from the Senate. And one of them, I'll just tell you kind of what was split from the abortion reporting bill, because that was the one that was one of the two issues. So Representative Murphy on the House is carrying this bill. Senator Hughes passed it in the Senate. Um, and it's more reporting reforms. Essentially, one of the things that it says is if you are getting an abortion in the third trimester, which to me is just heartbreaking because there's any conditions that that could happen right. other than to save the life of a mother. But whenever Texas um, enacted a third trimester abortion ban, they made some exceptions if the baby was very disabled. And to me, that just says that we're discriminating against the very most vulnerable, the mm-hmm. babies that are just disabled and have no protections in law at all. But essentially it says if you are going to, to do an abortion under the exception that says the baby is severely disabled, and, and falls under this exception, you have to tell us what that is. You have to tell us, you have to essentially justify that that abortion was justified under the law. So it's kind of required in some places, but it's not consistently required throughout law. And so this makes sure that um, people are at least having to prove uh, that those abortions are illegal. Now, we would like to see that exception removed. That's been something we worked on during the regular session. It didn't make the call, but... It's something we'll continue to work on because we have to protect those most vulnerable. Um, the second thing that that bill does is it, it requires the abortion clinic to report on minors' abortions um, exactly how the minor authorized the abortion. Mm. When I say minor authorized, what I mean is uh, parental consent is in law in Texas, mm. but so is a judicial waiver of that consent. So essentially a judge can bypass the parents and give consent instead and it's been long our suspicion that that's kind of offered even before consent is fully explained or, or explored as an option. And so we want to get more data on, on what those minors are doing. And if the abortion clinic is just saying, you have to get a judge to sign if you're a minor and wanting an abortion, not even talking about parental consent. We'd heard stories um, a couple of years ago when we had tried to reform that process of a minor. And she said, you know, I wasn't even sure if I wanted an abortion and I just went in for counseling, and Planned Parenthood told me to go to the courthouse with this lawyer that they introduced me to. She told me to sign here that I was in danger of physical abuse oh if God. I didn't have an abortion. I didn't even say a word to the judge, and they just stamped it. She said, I feel like the state of Texas should have protected me in that moment. Wow. And so we're trying to get some more data on that process, increase the reporting, um, see if there's anything more that we can do there. So that's the reporting part. The other two bills are um, you've got a do not resuscitate order, kind of patient consent for do not resuscitate orders. That is not the traditional pro-life bill that you would think of that's anti-abortion per se. Mm -hmm. But Texas Right to Life has seen a lot of anti-life practices in hospitals, and there are some really anti-patient laws in Texas. And that's just highly unfortunate. We've been advocating for patients kind of on a case-by-case basis in hospitals but this is one of the big problems that we see is do not resuscitate orders. They're not required to have patient consent or that of their family in a hospital setting. And so doctors, we've seen some of these patients that we've helped have do not resuscitate orders placed on them against their knowledge and will. 
knowledge or will, and they've had to fight the hospital. And so this essentially just says that a doctor has to obtain that consent before a do not resuscitate order is placed. So I would be very, very excited if that were to happen. It's been a long time coming. Right. And it's just it's just past time for that to happen. So it did pass the Senate. It was um, extremely just gratifying to see it get through one body. I don't think it's ever actually passed a full chamber before. Wow. So we're waiting for a hearing on that one in the House. Wow. Um, the last one, and I'll go through it quickly, but the last one has to do with the defunding of the abortion industry. And the short version of it is it just says that cities, counties, and the state cannot fund either abortion providers or their affiliates. So we've seen a lot of examples of, when you live in Austin, you've seen a lot of examples of the city of Austin and Travis County kind of overstepping some some of their bounds here. They have rented a building to Planned Parenthood for years, decades actually, for $1 a year. Um, they pay their lobbyists to lobby for Planned Parenthood funding. Um, they're paying Planned Parenthood for a community assistance program. And so we just were doing some digging into some of this, and we um, we wholly support this effort. We've done a lot of efforts on this to, to on the budget side, um, just ensuring that state funding is not dispensed to Planned Parenthood, but that's not law. It's just part of the budget, right. and it doesn't have anything to do with cities or counties. And so we're really excited to see this expand and become more comprehensive and actual policy, not just a, a budget that expires. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for the hard work that you are doing to protect the, the unborn and the vulnerable And Texas Right to Life, y'all protect life from the beginning to the end. And we're just so thankful to work with you guys. Um, It was funny to me that uh, Representative Giddings talked about how she wanted to hear from more women on both sides of the issue uh, because apparently men and women are different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and also that was right before you and I got up there to testify. and She wasn't there whenever you and I testified, didn't say a word about it. Exactly. You pat on the back. (laughs) Exactly. She should have been there. So thank you so much, um, Emily Horn and uh, we just encourage everyone listening, you know, visit their website. Uh, Texas Right to Life is a great org- organization. And we encourage you also, we're going to be on the ground, both both Emily and I, during this special session. Um, visit our website, txvalues.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and we will keep you updated on these important issues of faith, family, and freedom in Texas. 